The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. As the world experiences the pandemic, there's a lot of confusion out there. There's a lot of questions in people's people's hearts and minds. And you may be here and you're saying, Pastor, how do I even pray in a crisis? How do I pray in a crisis? Many people get frozen up when there's a crisis. Many people flee or, or fight or fret or caving or in depression when, when there's a crisis. The question this morning is, how do I pray in a crisis? And, and to help us, we're going to look at the life of a man that lived thousands and thousands of years ago, whose name is Daniel. Daniel faced crisis. We can see clearly how Daniel prayed in crisis. Imagine, one of the first crises he experienced was he got to a kingdom not by choice. He was a slave, he was a captive, and he had to defy the king's orders to eat delicacies. He and his friends must have prayed through that crisis and God gave them favor. After that, the king had a dream and forgot his dream. And the king said, you will tell me my dream and you will tell me my interpretation, otherwise I will kill you. I mean, that was a huge crisis for all the wise men in, in the land, including Daniel. Daniel prayed through that crisis and overcame. Daniel was threatened with the den of lions. And Daniel prayed through that crisis. Daniel survived four powerful kings. He overcame crisis. When we look at the life of Daniel, it teaches us a huge lesson. The life of Daniel teaches us that the best we can bring actually starts on our knees. Your life may be in chaos and you're like, how do I bring my best? How do I even survive this crisis? As we look at the life of Daniel, we see very clearly that the best we can bring starts on our knees. So from the life of Daniel, how do I pray in a crisis? We're going to look at five lessons from the life of Daniel. Five things we can learn. Five things we can glean. Five things we can take away from the life of Daniel on how to pray in a crisis. The first is that for me to pray in a crisis and pray successfully in a crisis, I need to thank God no matter how I feel. Like we said, today's Thanksgiving Sunday. So Thanksgiving is not just a day in a month that we set aside to say thank you. Thanksgiving actually should be a way of life for us. Thanksgiving should actually be our culture, even in crisis. So, 
I want to learn like Daniel to overcome crisis and to learn to pray in a crisis. Then by overcoming the crisis, the first thing I must learn is to thank God no matter how I feel. You can be there saying, is God really good? Okay, I know it's good sometimes, but is God really good all the time? Yeah, take a moment. Think about it. Is God really, really good all the time? The fact that you can think about it is an evidence of God's goodness. The fact that God allows you to even have the liberty to question his goodness and his thunder is not striking shows how good our God is. Is God good all the time? Absolutely and totally. So we have to thank God. Thank God no matter how I feel. We see that in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel 9 verses 4 and 9. Daniel 9 4 and 9 says, Then I said, Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your promises of constant love to those who love you and keep your commands. Says, even though we have rebelled against you, you, Lord, are merciful and forgiving. So I thank you, I praise you, I honor you, I adore you. So we, we see from Daniel's life that Daniel thanked God no matter how he felt. Daniel kept his eye on the greatness of God, on the awesomeness of the king, and not on the situation and circumstances. If you, if you will find that focus to realign your, your, your gaze and, and, and put it on God and be grateful to God, you'll begin to see what Daniel experienced and actually experience it in your life. And that is the best you can bring Start on your knees. When you fall on your knees and thank him, you will realize that the best we can bring actually starts where? On our knees. So the first thing Daniel did was to thank God no matter how he felt. For you to pray through a crisis and thereby break through in the crisis, you need to thank God no matter how you feel. How do you feel this morning? How do you feel? Do you, do you feel down? Do you feel low? Do you feel confused? Thank God, no matter how you feel. How do you feel? Do you feel buoyant? Do you feel excited? Do you feel... Thank God, no matter how you feel. Do you feel joyful? Do you feel radiant? Thank God no matter how you feel. So the first thing we learn from Daniel is to thank God no matter how we feel. The second thing we learn from Daniel on how to pray in a crisis is to honor God no matter how I feel. And this is big, this is huge. Honor God no matter how I feel. Daniel was doing so well in the kingdom of Darius. And Daniel had some colleagues that were jealous of him. They set him up. They made the king sign an edict. They made everything work against him. Daniel must have felt betrayed. He must have felt harassed. 
But we see in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, that the, the word of God says, and this is totally beautiful, the word of God says that, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, <laughs> hallelujah, and knelt down as usual. He knelt down before God. He honored God in his upstairs room. With his windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. What would you do if they say, anyone that kneels down will face the firing squad? Anyone that prays will face the firing squad? We, 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 even though you feel afraid, will you honor God? No matter how you feel, no matter how you feel, would you still kneel down and pray? No matter how you feel. Oh, so some say, okay, I, I, I probably um, will shut the door. I will lock the, my windows, and no one will see me. I will pray in my private. <laughs> but Daniel opened his windows, and he honored God. No matter how he felt. No matter whose ox was God, he honored God. If you are going to pray in a crisis, you have to learn to honor God no matter how you feel. Choose to honor God no matter what. I want you to make that decision today that I will honor God no matter what. There's a man in scriptures called Job. Job was a rich man, in fact, was the richest man. Job lived before Abraham, and Job was the richest man on earth at the time. But Job had a relationship with God. Job worked with God. Job was not religious. Job had a thriving relationship with God. However, some things happened. Job had a bad patch. Plagues happened, personal plagues happened in his life. He lost his, his children, he lost his businesses in one day. To top it up, he was struck with ill health. He had boils all over. He had to be using um, clay pots to be scraping his boils. And something happened in Job chapter 2. He says, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. So in spite of all Job was going through, Job was going through a crisis, but Job still chose to honor God. Job was going through a tough time, but Job still chose to honor God. And his wife said to him, his wife, his closest relationship, said to him, you, you are still doing spiritual Spirit, 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 coco. <laughs> Job, you are still trying to say that you, you will honor God. Look at your life. Look at your businesses. Look at your children. They are dead. Look at, look at your health. It's, 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 it's declining. Curse God. And take a slap from him. That is die. Why would she say that? Well, we may never know why. <laughs> But Job's response is legendary. In verse 10, 
the MSG translation of verse 10, this time, it says, Job told her, he told her, you are talking like an empty-headed fool. Ouch. <laughs> You're talking like an empty-headed fool. We take the good days from God. Why not also the bad days? Not once through all this did Job sin. He said nothing against God. He said nothing. I pray that you, your life will consistently honor God regardless of what is going on around you, regardless of how you feel, and regardless of what you see said, you're talking like an empty-headed fool. It's okay for you to go to Paris, for you to enjoy the holidays, for you to fly business class, fine first class, for you to live in this mansion, for you to do that, do that. Now we are going through a tough time. You want me to dishonor God? Job chose to honor God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will choose to honor God. That you will choose to honor God. If you check the history of the church, church history, many of the early Christians were martyred. Many of them were killed for their faith. Many of them were killed for being followers of Jesus. That's one reason why the testimony of Jesus is so strong. It's so strong because people were willing to die Eyewitnesses were willing to die for it. And many of them were crucified. But history has it that a lot of them, including Peter, when they were about to be crucified, they begged their persecutors. They didn't beg for their lives. They didn't, they didn't say, they didn't beg or deny Jesus. They begged for one thing, and that is crucify us upside down. And the, 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 the persecutors were shocked. They were like, you're not even begging for your life. You're asking us to crucify your time. Of course, that is even more fun. So they turned them upside down and crucified them. But, but they asked, why do you want us to crucify you upside down? And they said, in honor of the one that died for us on the cross. He died on the cross. So they chose to be crucified upside down in honor of Jesus because Jesus was crucified upright. No one asked them to do it. And that's the beauty of honor. Honor is honor because no one will ask you to do it. Honor is honor because it's by volition. Honor is honor because you, you it's a willful thing that you do. They chose that. No, 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 no. It must not be said in history. That we were crucified like our Savior. There's only one crucifixion. There's only one death on the cross that is worthy of saving humanity. And that is that of Jesus Christ. So crucifying me like him, I don't want any confusion. Turn mine upside down so that all the glory must be to Jesus and to Jesus alone. Hallelujah. To Jesus alone. So we see, we see that you pray through crisis. By first thanking God no matter how you feel, to honoring God no matter how you feel. And when you honor God, you begin to understand 
But Daniel understood that when I honor God, I will begin to see that the best I can bring starts on my knees. The best I can bring to humanity starts on my knees. The best I can bring to my family starts on my knees. The best I can bring to my business starts on my knees. The best I can bring to life starts on my knees. The best I can bring to any relationship I'm in starts where? On my knees. Number three, how do I pray through crisis? I pray in a crisis, thereby through the crisis, I'm breaking through the crisis when I let God speak. And this is huge, huge. When I let God speak to me before I speak to him. Hmm. I pray through a crisis when I let God speak to me before I speak to him. Many times when we want to pray, we just start to pray. No, calm down. You see, everything originates from God. Everything. The things we think we even initiated. Actually, if you check, God initiated it. Everything comes from Him. We love Him because He first loved us. You know, oh, I love you, Lord. I lift my voice. Yes, you love Him. But think about it. We love Him because He first loved us. We serve today because he first served us. He came and Jesus laid down his life for you and I. So we, we serve today in response to what he has done for us. We serve because he first served us. We give today because he first gave to us. We don't, we don't give to do God a favor. We give in response to God. We give because He first gave to us. He's given us grace. He's given us life. He's given us health. He's given us abundance. He's given us all form of things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us. So, when it comes to prayer, is prayer is talking to God. It follows the same pattern. We talk to him because he has first spoken to us. So prayer should flow from God. <laughs> you know, that is so beautiful. If you understand that, that prayer actually starts with God. Prayer actually starts with the Holy Spirit. When you want to pray, start with God. Don't go to God. And barrage in your mind as though you are knocking on the gates of heaven. I've heard people say, oh, we're going to pull down the gates of heaven today with our prayers. <laughs> what a joke. What a big joke. Let God speak to me before I speak to him. That is how I pray. In a crisis and through a crisis. Again, when we look at Daniel... But we looked at Daniel because when you are saying that, oh, okay, isn't that spooky? You know, let God speak to me. <laughs> I'll show you from Daniel. Daniel, Daniel was 85 at this at this point. He was 85 years old when he was writing when he was writing Daniel 9. 
In verse 2, the word of God says that during the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, was studying the scriptures. So Daniel was studying the scriptures. The, the, what we have in the Bible today was not, is, 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 we have it together, it's similarly in a book, but it's not just a book. The Bible is like a, a 40, 36 books by 40 different authors. And as it is said, all telling one story. So, Daniel was reading the scriptures. You cannot do without reading the scriptures. You can't. Listen, listen, when you read the Bible, it's top secret, I want to give you, top secret. Nobody else knows. When you read the Bible, God speaks to you. Yes, speaks to you. When you try it, when you read the Bible, you the, the word of God comes alive to you. It comes alive to you. This is Daniel saying, I was studying the scriptures. Then I learned from the word of the Lord as recorded by Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. Whoa, 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 whoa. So Daniel's prayer started by God speaking to Daniel, Daniel getting understanding through God's word. So when you read Daniel 9, you read the prayer of Daniel, it is it's all started with God. It all started with Daniel discovering from scriptures that, for instance, you, you may be trusting God for, you want to be excellent, for instance, in your business. And you, you stumble upon Daniel 6.1 that says that an excellent spirit was upon Daniel. And you realize that you are the spirit of Christ. So it is also, that spirit is an excellent spirit. Boom! That is light. Coming on, that is God speaking to you right there. And you take that scripture to God. That is praying. That is what they call praying. That is what it's called praying. That is, you let God speak to you before you speak to him. That's what makes prayer powerful. And Daniel said, he was reading the scriptures. At the time, it was not the Bible like we know it, like I said earlier on. It was a parchment. In fact, did you know that Daniel and Jeremiah were contemporaries? They were contemporaries. So Daniel was taken into captivity at the age of 15. Now he was 85 and he was reading a book written by his contemporaries. Some of us, we are too arrogant, we are too proud to even read books written by our friends. In the books written by your friend can be the solution to your deliverance. In the book written by other people of your time can be the solution to your breakthrough. Daniel was reading Jeremiah's book. Daniel knew God. Daniel walked with God. Daniel could hear from God. But Daniel needed to read Jeremiah's writing to understand the time he was in. 
Whoa. There's no substitute to reading. Sometimes the things that God wants to deliver to you many times is hidden in a book that somebody has written. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. And when you read, boom, illumination comes on. Then you can take that illumination to the place of prayer. That is how to pray through. That is how prayer becomes powerful. So Daniel was 85 at this time. He came in captivity as 15. Now it's calculated way to this book written by Jeremiah. Jerry Boy, Jerry Boy that we used to be Jerusalem together, said it is 70 years. And guess what? Jeremiah was not taken into captivity. If, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you read um, scriptures, you will understand that Jeremiah at this time was actually in Jerusalem. But Daniel was part of those that was taken into captivity. But Jeremiah's writing became a bestseller, if you will. So the people in captivity got a copy. And Daniel says, oh, I remember Jerry Boy. We, we, we were, we were uh, playing soccer together on the streets. <laughs> this is a book from him. And he was reading it. And I was like, boom, 70 years is done. And because of that insight, Daniel went to God in prayer. And God delivered Israel. Woo, hallelujah. There are things in the word of God waiting for you discover. There are things in the Word of God that are waiting for you. I mean, you must have heard me tell you stories of stories, I mean, <laughs> of how I saw things that changed my life totally from scriptures until today, they still are that powerful. So, what did Daniel read? What did Daniel read in Jeremiah? What did he read in Jeremiah? In Jeremiah, 29 and this is so beautiful in Jeremiah 29 from verse 10 it says that this is what the Lord says this is Jeremiah's bestseller book you know I told you that it was a book by itself you know then they brought it together and formed the Bible that we know of but that Jeremiah was a book by itself it says this is what the Lord says that's Jeremiah it says you will be in Babylon for 70 years but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. I pray that everyone that is in, a cap in captivity right now, that God will come and do for you all that he has promised in the name of Jesus. And I will bring you home again. You're coming home again. You're coming home into God's promises. For I know the plans. Ah, you know the scriptures. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of good and not of disaster to give you a future and a hope. Whew, we quote that scripture. This is what God was saying. This is the context. It says, verse 12 says, And in those days when you pray, I will listen. When you pray, I will listen. When you pray in your crisis, I will listen in those days. So we see very clearly that there are two factors that determine your destiny. God's timing and your praying. Two factors that determine your destiny. God's timing and your praying. If God's timing is right, 
and you are not praying, you cannot enter. So you have to begin to pray. If, and that is God waiting on you, if you are praying and God's timing is not right, your prayer will bring you into a place where you can connect to God's timing. And get that on Wednesday, some of you. <laughs> I pray that you get it now in Jesus' name. So, when I let God speak to me before I speak to Him, it actually becomes clear to me that the best I can bring starts where? On my knees. The best I can bring starts on my knees. The best you can bring in any situation starts on your knees. Number four, how do I pray in a crisis? Number four, I express my desires with emotion. This is one part that, you know, some people don't get the struggle with. And that is, oh, they just say emotionless prayers to God. You know, I express my desires with emotion. Daniel 9, verse 3b, clearly, it says, I began pleading with God earnestly in prayer. Excuse me, I thought it was God that said that, after 70 years, you'll be released. Why didn't it happen immediately? Why didn't Daniel just say, okay, you have said it. I'm going to pack my bag. Let's go to <laughs> Jerusalem. Why? Because it takes God's timing and our prayers. And not just our prayers, our passionate prayers. I need to express my desires with emotion. I need to express my desire with what? With emotion. Daniel says, I began pleading. I began to plead with God earnestly in prayer, with passion. I mean, this is God that made the promises. Now we have to pray with passion again. Yes, we do. Remember the story of the children of Israel? God said they would be in captivity for 400 years. After 400 years, their time was right, but they were not praying. They, they could, they, God did not hear their cry. It was after 30 years extra. They did 30 years extra. After 430 years, God says, I have heard the cry of my people. I am going to deliver them. God is waiting to hear your cry. He's waiting to hear your passionate plea. He's waiting to hear your emotional expression. Because God is an emotional God. That's an aspect of God that you need to come to terms with. You know, you can't be all macho, you know, emotion, you know. When it comes to God, you need to loosen up and let God know how you feel. If at the thing they pain you, you will talk calm, you know. <laughs> you will talk calm as if they pain you, you know. Nobody, if they put fire in your butt, you need to say, oh, there's fire in my butt. Yeah! Yay! Fire! That's what you do. And that is how... We move heaven. That's how we move heaven. That's how we move heaven. Express my desires with emotion. I express my desire with emotion. God is emotional. God, do you know that God loves? It's an emotional God. God loves. God feels our pain. He, he does. God can be joyful. God can be sorrowful. Can look at all that is going on on earth. People are suffering. There's a lot of pain. God is sorrowful. God can be jealous. Says I'm a jealous God. Listen, is the same God that was jealous that is jealous now. God 
is a compassionate father. God is an emotional God. And the cross, Jesus' death on the cross was hugely emotional. Hugely emotional. He was crying on the cross. Very emotional. So I dare say that in prayer, God cares more about the emotions than the words. In prayer, God cares more about the emotions than the words. You want to propose to your wife, for instance, and you're saying, Oh, I don't know. Uh, will you marry me? <laughs> she will look at you and say, Are you okay? <laughs> you better put some, some ginger in that proposal so that, you know. <laughs> because the right words with the wrong emotions will give you the wrong results. Yes. The right words with the wrong emotions, with the wrong vibes, will give you the wrong results. There's a little boy that has been asking his dad, Oh, I want a bicycle. I want a bicycle. I want a bicycle. The father will have none of it. So one day they were having family devotion, and the father says to the children, um, I want you guys to tell me your favorite scriptures. The first one got up and said, So John 3 16, for God so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son. The second child, oh, uh, favorite scriptures. Oh, in the beginning, Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth, and he came to this boy. What's your favorite scriptures? He says, Dad, my favorite scripture is Luke. 11 from verse 9 to 12. It says, Ask and you shall receive, <laughs> seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. And the boy did not stop there. And the boy says, Everyone that asks receives, everyone that seeks finds, everyone that knocks, the door shall be opened. The boy did not stop there. The boy went on and says, Which of you that are fathers will the son ask for bread? I will give him. So the father says, Okay, I will buy your bicycle tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to buy your basketball. You know, that is what you get when you allow your children to go to Syrac. You know, they become so fired up with the word of God and you have better watch out. Okay, so we see here that God responds to emotions. In Daniel 9, 3, he says, So I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him. You, when, you, when you are talking to someone, your face shows your emotion. And you turn your face. Let me give you a secret. Those of us that are, are, are men, you know, just quick secret from, you know, I've, I've not been married for too long, just a few years, like about 18 plus years. So I can give you a few <laughs> tips that can help you. You know, you know, I discovered that when my wife is talking to me, I won't talk to my wife, and I leave what I'm doing and I look at her face she likes it yeah amen and, and, and vice versa it's also it's always the case when men this is also a tip for you women when men your husband is talking to you and that's when you are fixing the dishes you are walking away fixing this fixing that it's it speaks of disrespect you need to fix that you need to fix that. I turn my face to the Lord, seeking Him. Turn your face to the Lord in prayer. Even physically. Many times in scriptures, the Bible says Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you. By the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus looked up and said, Father, He looked up, He turned His face physically to heaven. So when I express my desires with emotions, it becomes clear to me that the best I 
can bring starts on my knees. That the best I can bring starts where? On my knees. The best you can bring starts on your knees. Finally, number five, how to pray through a crisis. How to pray through a crisis. Number five, ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. Own the issue. Stop pointing fingers. Own the issue. We need mercy as a race right now. Go to God, ask for mercy. Stop pointing fingers. Don't say it's China's fault. It's, it's China. It's chemical weapon. Own it. We need help. God have mercy on us. Say, ah, no, the, the, the China has a problem. Oh, it's uh, the US that started it. Oh, we need mercy. Remember, um, Daniel was 15 years old. He was just a teenager when he was taken captive. So he, he could not have done anything major to offend God like his fathers and his forefathers has, has done. And he was in captivity, paying for their sins, all the way to, he was 85, paying for the sins of his fathers and his forefathers, that he had no contribution. But when you see Daniel pray, verse 5 to 6 and 13 to 14, he says, we have sinned and done wrong. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy didn't do anything. He says, we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and ignored your commands. We have rejected your laws. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets. We kept on sinning, never giving you a second thought. Oblivious to the clear warning, to your clear warnings. Says, so you had no choice but to let disaster lose on us. Since we persistently and defiantly ignored you. He owned it. That's big. That's huge. You need to own it when you want to ask for mercy. You need to own it. We need to own it. God, have mercy on us. We have heard. We have not listened to you. We have treated human beings like rats. We have left the regular food that we should be eating. And we have been eating bats. <laughs> Have mercy on us, oh God of heaven. I mean, it's so serious. It's super serious. And, and this is how Daniel brings it home in verse 18. You know, this is so beautiful. Daniel said, oh God, listen to me. Hear my requests. Now, listen, listen. This is the bomb. He says, we do not, we. He didn't say, I do not. It was one prayer, you know. He didn't say, I do not. Ask. It says, we do not ask because we deserve help, but because you are so merciful. Hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah. God will come through for us and have mercy upon us, not because we deserve help, but because he is merciful. God will have mercy upon us and put an end to this plague. Not because we deserve it, but because he is merciful. So, when I thank God, no matter how I feel, when I honor God, no matter what I see, when I let God speak to me before I speak to him, when I express my desires with emotion and ask for mercy, then I will discover that the best I can bring Stats on my knees. Let's bow our hearts.
as we bow our heads and let us pray. You may be here and you're like, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my life to God. I want to have a meaningful relationship with God. I don't want dogma. I don't want religion. But I want to start a walk with God. Wherever you are, and I want you to do this. Do this, whatever. Even if you are, you, are, you are alone or you are with people, wherever you are, I'm going to count to three. At the mention of three, I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. God is there with you. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Raise your hand up. I'm surrendering to Jesus today. Wherever you are, lift up that hand. Heaven is recognizing you. Heaven is acknowledging that hand. Lift it up to heaven. I am surrendering to Jesus today. I am surrendering to Jesus today. And if your hand is up, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as, as we respond to you today, we ask that you have mercy upon us, Lord. Every one of us that is lifting up our hands even right now, that you breathe upon us, Lord. Heal, deliver, save, and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory, Father, we give unto you. Honor and glory we give up to you. We pray for everyone that has heard your word, oh God. The grace to pray through this crisis give unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.